you know, my own frame of reference as we dig in on the topic of certif certificates uh, for wireless people. Um, you know, where I work, my day job, I am the subject matter expert for wireless. That's Wi-Fi and everything else. So basically, you know, I field anything to do with wireless. So I have a deeply uh, invested interest in learning lots and lots of wireless stuff. And with learning comes uh, certification, not always, but often. Um, I do enjoy learning. I was an instructor in the Air Force for a bunch of years. I enjoy learning and uh, educating. Um, I've taught in, I've taught not English, obviously, grammar. <laughs> I've taught uh, a range of uh, network classes, uh, both in uh, college and in you know vocational settings. Um, many of the well-known certs that have to do with wireless, I've had a hand in developing, um, if not the current version, earlier versions, uh, including study guides and stuff. So I've been around a while, and you know the, the whole notion of uh, certification is pretty important to me on the as a as a doer from a couple of different angles somebody doing wireless and somebody doing training the last bullet there um, is also relevant to you know the topic of cert certificates because I do um, occasionally get involved with hiring uh, you know both engineers uh, technicians uh, sometimes I haven't done help desk in a while, but the various support positions I end up being involved with, including recently just, you know, hiring a, a person who's going to oversee our technicians. So, you know, being on the hiring side of things, uh, you also can't help but um, be a little bit interested in certificates from various um, approaches and angles and on different levels. So just in general, you know, my uh, philosophy on certificates, right? Um, sure, they're a source of pride. I mean, it's nice to, to put a bunch of time into something, you know, grill yourself, take the quizzes, take the tests and be rewarded at the end of it with, a, you know, something that says, okay, you have a certain degree of mastery over this content and you have a certain degree of mastery over this subject matter. Yeah, it's really kind of the adult version of, you know, getting a prize for doing good when you're a kid in some ways. And I don't mean to minimize it, um, but, you know, if you're open-minded, that's not a bad analogy. Um, it's certainly, I see it as an investment in knowledge and self-development. And, you know, if you are in the job market, it makes you more marketable. But you also have to realize that just as with, you know, the bachelor's degree I got 100 years ago, um, things change. Um, you know, the any any of these, a certificate or like a college degree kind of marks a place in time when the content that you mastered was relevant and then things evolve. And that's where we get into the notion of, you know, CEUs, continu continuing education uh, requirements. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, you know, yeah, I don't want to give away too much of uh, there, there's more philosophy to come on that. So basically, a cert isn't endless. It isn't, you know, even the ones that don't expire because the uh, organization putting them out said they don't expire, um, they do expire. <laughs> you know, they do become less relevant if they're not getting updated. Again, my own philosophy. 
And then, you know, just in general, I personally see crazy variability in the material of quality of material that's behind a lot of certificates. When I'm doing the interviewing process, when I'm looking for um, candidates, you know, the, the notion of certificates, I find myself wondering, you know, some of uh, what you're looking at in the bullets. You know, I don't want to say I'm cynical, but, you know, asking probing questions is only a good uh, exercise when you are hiring. Taking something like certificates at face value can, you know, make you kind of maybe get into bad hires. People put down a lot of words on resumes and cover letters to get in the door. And then often they hope that you don't probe. You know, I'm working on my CCNA. Well, what does that mean? I got a study guide. Okay. Uh, when are you going to test? Uh, I haven't got it scheduled. How far are you? I'm working on it. You know, it's just, and that, you know, might translate on a resume to uh, almost have my CCNA kind of thing. You know, are, are your certs verifiable? You know, do you have numbers behind them? And it's okay to put down on a resume. I don't mind seeing somebody say, you know, such and such cert comma expired and then give me a year and just, you know, you did accomplish it at one point, just not current. And that has more value than putting down that you have it and you really don't. And then I find out about it, if that makes sense. And again, I'll just all my own philosophy when I'm, when I'm looking at people who are applying. Um, it is an area where I think people do take a lot of liberties with reality. Be curious to wonder if, uh, or I'd be curious to know if anybody is thinking, yep, uh, people do that all the time or no, he's full of beans, whatever. And also that last bullet to me, you know, these are not, you know, per se IT certificates, but what I'm calling the weird stuff, you know, a ham radio license, a drone license, oddball things that you got related to RF and wireless, maybe in the military. Um, to me, when I'm looking for somebody who's well-versed in wireless, to me, these things add depth. Sure, they're not CWNE or whatever, but they also do indicate you know, in the in the realm of RF, in the realm of understanding wireless theory, even if it's not IP-based wireless that we're talking about, the stuff out in the you know the the RF side of the equation, it is good to see that somebody has a deeper depth. Somebody has background beyond just Wi-Fi. Uh, to me, it's relevant. It's absolutely worth putting down. Um. Yeah, you know, before we get into the specific certs, you know, we and we are going to get there again, just a little more foundational discussion, a little more thought provoking. Um, this one comes up fairly frequently. I hear people beef that their employer won't pay for a specific cert. And I hear other people, you know, all they do is get one cert certificate after another that, that their employer paid for. So on that question of should your employer pay for your cert? Well, like everything else in wireless, I know some people get sick of hearing this phrase. It really does depend. You know, what does it depend on? Well, every company has a policy. And if you go to work for the company, it's one of those things you should understand. What is their policy? And, you know, if you don't like it, you can ask them to change it. But at the same time, you know, a lot of times it is what it is. Um, you know, the 
payoff for getting the cert also kind of comes into play. If your employer pays for you to get a given certificate, do they benefit from that? Is that certificate directly applicable to your job that you're doing for the company who's paying for it? And if it's not, you know, yeah, I'm a wireless network engineer, but I want to go take an Amazon certification course because I want to be a cloud something someday and change my career. I don't know if it's fair to ask the employer to pay for that. Then, you know, that sort of thing. But, you know, it's, it's kind of a, you know, one of those questions that doesn't have a clear answer. If you're lucky enough to have an employer that pays for anything you ask for, good on you. If you're unlucky enough to have an employer that will absolutely not pay for anything and takes the tack that, you know, you want to self-develop, you pay for it, well, that, that kind of sucks and you have my sympathy and maybe you should find another job, but probably most of us, I'm guessing, land somewhere in the middle. And again, it, there's no clear answer to that, but it is a question that comes up often on the topic of search. If we we're getting closer to the actual, you know, describing specific certificates here, what certificates are worth getting in general? Um, throwing that question out there, and the two questions that follow, they are two different questions. You know, what do you want to do? What does the job require? Maybe it's not the same answer. You know, maybe you want to approach a certificate program because it's something that you're interested in maybe tangentially it helps your uh, job that you're in now maybe it's completely unrelated and it's just something you want to do for your own you know I, I call it just for fun but i'm you know something you're interested in outside of the job and that's a-okay um you know it's all good but you also have to be honest about you know i'm about to spend time i'm about to spend money what are you hoping to get out of it you know, is it something that is going to contribute to your daily uh, worth at your job and make you more valuable and, you know, make your, uh, you know, team a better uh, functioning team and, you know, more productive? Or are you just doing something that really is, you know, I want to do this for me and maybe it'll bring some tangential value, you know, maybe it won't. But you got both types. And that's kind of the point here. Every cert is not uh, doesn't, you know, have direct bearing on your job, at least for me, I've taken all kinds of stuff that's just like, oh, that's mildly interesting. I'll see what that's about. And I'm guessing I'm not alone. So as we get closer to the target, right, we know that there are, we probably know, most of you know, a lot of vendor specific uh, certifications. And in green there, I think a lot of them I will honestly say, I think some of them are just, um, you know, a way to make money. You know, every stinking IT product line does not need a full-blown certificate program, but just my opinion. <laughs> I've seen some that are just redundant. It's like, you know, this is just how to use the product. All you've done is taken the product manual, turned it into a cert, and you're charging me for it. It's kind of silly. Um, but at the same time, you know, we all determine what's worth approaching for ourselves. Um, you know, the vendors approach things from, you know, there is a vendor certificate. Maybe there's a specific product set certificate. And then I'll show you a table that reflects skill levels. You know, there's associate and professional, and, you know, talk about the skill level thing in a minute. But if you 
go down the road and we'll use the, you know, the Cisco, you know, I'll just use CCNA as our placeholder for certificates. Um, you go after the CCNA, absolutely um, get it legitimately. You know, you go through and you do a question dump and, you know, there's a job you really want. And one of the hard requirements is a certificate that you know you can't get on your own. So you go after the question dump and you get the cert and you go to the interview. If you're sitting across the table from somebody who's a good interviewer, it's going to, they're going to find you out. If you can't answer the technical questions under pressure, yeah, that's why I'm saying the question dumps are going to betray you. Put the time in, do it right. If you are dealing with vendor certs, again, like the CCNA, and it's absolutely not just Cisco that does this, but the training uh, credits are often given as part of the deal, right? Your organization buys a bunch of access points or controllers and access points or whatever. And, you know, in that deal are so many hours of training credits. Um, you know, that's a, a, you know, arguably a nice way of uh, getting access to training that maybe your organization wouldn't pay for. On the other hand, somewhere that cost is being buried in the deal. I mean, nothing, nothing is free. Absolutely nothing is free in my mind. So, you know, it can be a handy vehicle to get you training, but know the reality behind it, or at least my cynical take on that. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier that no training, no certificate is valid forever, even the ones who don't really expire. Um, the ones that truly have a shelf life, when you get into it, understand, you know, the CEU requirements. You may not agree with them. Like, I think it's ludicrous that uh, CompTIA has continuing education on Network Plus. I think it's silly. Um, but it is what it is. And just know that, okay, I take this cert. If I don't agree with the CEOs and I don't keep it up, it's going to expire. Something you're going to want to be at least aware of, you know, as the person doing the cert, um, know that these things are not forever in many cases. And if we go back to um, what I was saying, you know, a little bit on the hiring thing, when I open up a, a resume and I look at you know, somebody I'm considering hiring for me, I'd rather see a few good, solid um, certs that people are actually making use of, and they can demonstrate the competency behind those certs, than seeing a page and a half of every cert under the sun, many of them completely unrelated, and, you know, then start asking the questions about, well, how did, how did you get all of these? What are, what are you doing if all you're doing is getting certs? It, it's a little bit strange to have, you know, just pages and pages of unrelated, uh, seemingly unrelated certs, and, but then you can't answer, you know, what Traceroute does, um, again, for what it's worth. So, you know, the certificate approaches in general, you know, we talked about the vendor stuff a little bit and product sets and skill level, which I promised you a table on skill level, still going to show you that. Then there are absolute subject matter specific um, certificates, right? The CWNPs that we'll get into, but, you know, there's wireless security, for example, there's wireless design, um, you know, 
the different vendors, if you get out of the vendor neutral stuff and get into, you know, Ekahau has their own, you know, body of subject matter, you know, basic, and then they build on it to, to more subject matter, expand on the, the first set that you did and add to it, whatever. Um, custom classes. I have sat in classes that are, you know, somebody says to my group, well, identify what you'd like to learn about this product set and we'll only come and teach you that to not waste your time. You're going to get a certificate of completion out of that. Yes, I said, I heard this body of knowledge. And even that has some value, you know, if you can explain it to somebody while you have it, but the custom classes generally don't give you a you know, there's not a test at the end with a cert that is going to be universally recognized. Um, you know, management-oriented uh, certificates and the universal skills. I want to keep you hanging on both of those for a minute. Um, but depending on where you are, even though you're a wireless person, depending on where you are, those two could have great value. But again, I want to kind of just tease them out. You don't know what they are, what I'm talking about, what I mean at this point, but we'll get there uh, pretty soon. And I just realized I don't have a timer in front of me. Heather, if I start to go long, please jump in and let me know. Yeah, you're doing good. Okay. So the tiers, the, um, this is from uh, Juniper, the levels, the uh, whatever you want to call it. Let me direct you to the very left, the tabs, if you will, that are kind of running vertically. So uh, Juniper slash Mist, just to get you grounded on this table, forget everything but the gray tabs on the left and second to right, Mist AI, right? So if you are getting into Mist Wireless, come back over to the left, you'll see that right now, uh, Juniper in general structures their training and, you know, again, they are not the only vendor that does this. It's fairly standard, um, even if the terminology is a little bit different in spots, but yeah, your basic level certificate is associate and then specialist and then professional and then boom, expert. You are all knowing at that point. And then if you come over to the MIST column to the right, you can see that right now, if you pursue a MIST training course, I'm sure this will change over time, but um, at least by the website right now, you've got associate, associate and specialist um, level trainings available to you. And the difference between them is gonna be complexity and depth. And I'm, I'm, I can't imagine that um, this table won't eventually for MIS grow into professional and maybe even expert, whatever stands to reason that they'll develop those as well. Not a slide about MIST, more a slide about those levels, the associate, specialist, professional, and expert. It's also the way CWNP does things for wireless, if you've gone down that road. Pretty standard um, model of tiering certificates. So back to, uh, you know, what I'm saying, what you might, what you might need, but you don't know that you might need and uh, the whole notion of universal skills and uh, management type stuff. I'm here to tell you that, you know, a lot of IT people are introverts, they're nerdy, they're miserable, they're <laughs> 
don't come out of their shell. They don't talk to people well. Um, some people, that's certainly not everybody, but you know, if you look beyond just wireless certificates and IT certificates, any one of these things in front of you, anger management is meant to be a little bit of a joke, but um, Toastmasters, if you're not really good at public speaking, you know, you crumble when you're in meetings and it's your turn to talk. Toastmasters can do you a world of good. Dale Carnegie um, for management, you know, you're going from staff to eventually supervision. And again, Dale Carnegie is there as a placeholder for the fact that there are courses and certifications in just management. You know, I'm, I'm no longer a staff person. I have to now manage staff, even though I've got technical ex expertise, I've been promoted and, you know, I want to be a good manager and I take it seriously. I need to learn management skills. Um, I'm sure everybody's probably aware that, you know, people do project management for a living, but any one of us that do IT projects can benefit from at least basic project management skills. Concepts like the critical path, um, one of my favorites, just, you know, flake away all the other things that have to happen. What are the key milestones that if any one of them doesn't get done, the entire thing falls apart. And sometimes a project with 200 steps has four um, steps on a critical path. And those are the things that you need to be able to, to think about and know what's really important kind of thing again certainly applies to wireless and anybody in any discipline um if you're not a good writer get some training what you don't see on here things like microsoft office another one that's always going to benefit you if you're just not good with excel you're not good with access it's so much ingrained in everything we do you know beyond it you've got these sorts of skills that are absolutely worth um, contemplating you know, if you're thinking about, okay, well, what else do I need to learn to do my job well? So back to the tech certs, kind of wandered around a little bit. For the Wi-Fi professional specifically, you know, what are um, certs to think about? Absolutely the CWNP offerings, and that's the Certified Wireless Network Professional. For those who aren't familiar, although if you're listening to this presentation, I'm guessing you're at least a little familiar. Um, I'll lay out everything they have to offer today, and it's a growing uh, catalog of certificates. Uh, I put in there the CompTIA, and the reason I put it in there is because, excuse me, it does have, um, it does have absolute value. Maybe not for everybody. Um, we'll talk about that specifically in a, in a minute on another slide. Again, mentioned the vendor stuff, showed you an example with Nest. Um, know that Cisco has the same thing. Aruba has their own certificates. Ubiquity even has their own um, certificate program. Most major vendors have something. Um, really, it's on you to look into it. You know deeper and see if you're going to get anything out of what they're offering and if it you know benefits you in any way and if it's worth the time and the money if there is money involved uh, the iot space low raw wan um, there's actually a fair amount of information out there and during covid and during the work from home thing i got a couple of iot certificates and um, low raw wan and they paid off i did not know all that much about it 
um, when I sat down, I knew a little bit, you know, things I'd heard and all of that, but I sat down and got educated. Now it's something that, you know, fairly often, maybe two, three times a month, I'm able to use on the job. And usually that comes in the form of, oh, you want to do this thing with Wi-Fi? It's really not the best fit. Let me direct you over to this other technology. Um, kind of falls under my charge, again, of being the wireless subject matter expert where I am. And um, absolutely uh, worth getting. Even if I'm not putting out IoT systems, just the awareness and the understanding of what LoRaWAN WAN is has been very helpful. A number of companies are offering CBRS kind of training now. Um, and then there are college classes. Again, I have taught basic networking, I've taught advanced networking, I've taught wireless networking, all in accredited uh, undergrad and master's level classes. So depending on where you are, um, what, what universities or colleges you have access to, there may be value there. They may not get you a certificate, but then again, they may use some of the same material that the certs use. So, <clears throat> trying to get my uh, mouse to my mouse pad to work here. So, again, on the on this slide, you know, a good cross section of what may be interesting to the Wi-Fi professional. And if I've missed any, please uh, let me know in the chat or, you know, throw it in a question or whatever. So on this page, kind of hard to get them all in there, but I think we got them. CWNP, once upon a time, it was basically a four certificate um, program or five certificate, whatever you're, however you want to think of it. Once upon a time, it was CWNA, you know, wireless network administrator and then security and then design and then analysis professional. If you got those four and then completed the other uh, experiential requirements, you would make your way up to the CWNE if your application was improved, was approved. And again, that that's what, you know, CWNP used to be. And as you can see, they're growing. Um, the certificates are, the, the CWNE path is still basically the same, but there's also other offerings, and it's nice to see, you know, the, the IoT stuff in there. Um, I will say, you know, in my opinion, some of them are, are, you know, good, but there's a lot of room to get better, but nobody else is really doing it, so I'm glad that they at least are taking the first steps, and um, nice to see that this program that I've had a lot of uh, interaction and experience with through the years is both a user of their products, which we're looking at on this slide, and as a contributor to the content. I'm very happy to see them um, not resting on their laurels and, you know, no moss is growing and watching them uh, continue to expand. And then, you know, like with anything, come out with it, improve it, evolve it. And, uh, you know, th there's a reason they have a pretty good reputation for, you know, being the leader in vendor neutral wireless training. And that wasn't meant to be a commercial, just a really an observation. So that was all wireless. What about CCNA or the network plus? Well, wireless is absolutely 
part of the network. Uh, rarely is it the entire network, even in environments where, you know, we're 100% wireless. We, everybody's got a laptop and no more ethernet ports and blah, blah, blah. Well, you got ethernet ports in the closet and you still got to get to the internet. And I'm guessing you're not truly 100% wireless, even though if you say you are, you might be 100% wireless at the access layer, but you got a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes and you still need to understand uh, all the stuff that comes from the land side, all the network services and, um, you know, PLE and DHCP snooping, every, all of that stuff, multicast. I mean, all of that still lives in the switches and you, you will not escape it. So in my opinion, you know, great, go after the wireless certs, but you really, if you're job hunting, um, you really want some way of proving your network savviness too. So an active CW, an active CCNA, or even the network plus, you know, yes, I understand that networking. Here's something that proves it. Um, to me, that has value. Um, again, I don't, I don't think the network plus warrants CEUs. It just is the way it is right right now. Um, I think it's a moneymaker on that side of it, but the actual certificate itself, the exam is pretty good. It's not without value. It's a good entry level networking certificate and networking. The networking that it tests you on is what's underneath wireless. And therefore to me, it has um, value. And what about all these other things that we're seeing now, you know, Amazon stuff and VMware and cloud. There's no such thing as learning too much. You know, any learning is good. But if I'm hiring you to be a, a wireless network engineer and you've got a lot of this stuff down and I don't make use of it, don't be offended if I don't see that it has the value you think it has. It's like, you know, great, you're well-rounded. I mean, I will certainly um, give credit for that. But at the same time, if I'm asking you questions about wireless and you're answering me with, you know, cloud answers and VMware answers, I, I might start to get turned off a little bit. So I'm not saying any of the uh, extraneous stuff is bad. Just be mindful of what you prioritize if you've got this weird, crazy mix of certificates, if that makes sense. Hopefully it does. Makes sense to me. Uh, what about IT security? Well, just like with networking, security is getting to be so, so much of a concern. Unfortunately, the dark side of human nature has gone nowhere and it only gets more worrisome as ever more things become IP enabled. And smart homes and smart cities and smart this and that, that, that whole word smart, smart licensing is, is just offensive because oftentimes there's nothing smart about any of it. Um, it's really just, you know, IP enabled and another way to extract money, uh, maybe where they should have left well enough alone and not put it on the network, whatever. Um, Security isn't going away. And in my opinion, you know, I don't care what your IT role is, help desk, you, you name it. If you're supporting 
networking in general, any kind of, you know, like the CompTIA security uh, plus, or if nothing else um, is going to serve you well, learn about, if nothing else, learning about the, uh, you know, if I do stupid things, this is what can happen. Oh my God, look how easy this attack really is. Um, you know, sans the organization sans, um, you know, even if you buy a pineapple from hack five and monkey around, that's not going to get you a certificate, but it's going to get you an education. You can't run from security. That's my point. And a security certificate will help you in any, um, you know, any networking job, especially wireless, because so many of the today's threats are aimed at wireless networks. And again, I'm going completely without a clock in front of me, so I don't know where we are for, for Q&A um, or discussion. How are we doing, Heather? We are doing great. Let me pull it up. Um, so, okay, we got a couple questions. So first is from Forrest. What do you recommend for one to document their self-study in technical areas? Like you said, a long list of certs is of some value, but some study do not have certs. Would you recommend writing white papers and posting on LinkedIn? I've not heard of that being done, but of course it is. What other way could there be? Like, <clears throat> I'm not, can you just hit me again with the beginning of that question? Yeah, it basically Forrest is kind of asking about what kind of ways there may be to document self-study in technical areas. Like oh, okay. Yeah. So, so that's a great question. I mean, you've got low cost outlets like uh, Coursera and Udemy. Um, they've got a lot of, you know, call them mini courses. Although I think that I don't mean to degrade them by calling them that, but you know, the whole, I mean, I'm talking sometimes for $10 or less or free, um, you can get a lot of good uh, information and end up with a certificate of completion. Um, that's a nice, um, you know, step towards the certs. If you can't afford the certs, you don't have access to them or whatever, you'll get a lot of the same content, maybe not to the same depth um, on those places. That That is one really good um way of going after something that's provable. Uh, if you did have a blog or if you have had articles published, that is another way of showing, you know, I write this blog and, you know, every other month I come up with some grand, you know, network uh, centric uh, topic and how I solved a problem, something that kind of gives a, a reflection of your um, capability and, you know, what you've learned along the way. Um, I guess you have to kind of get creative. Some of it's going to be, like I say, that whole notion of certificate of completion versus certificate of mastery. Um, but it's better than nothing. And then just, you know, whatever you can point to that's provable. And, you know, if it's on the, if it's online, so much the better. Hopefully that hits the mark. Yeah, I do think so. And and even Scott McNeil's in the chat um, saying, speaking of Lee, thanks for all your advice when I was starting my blog. Um, so good shout out there. And Forrest also is confirming, you know, good idea. Thank you. So 
Awesome. And then Forrest also had another question about IoT stuff, um, what there might be to show your knowledge, a white paper, and maybe it's a little bit of the same answer that you kind of gave there, but specific to IoT. Um, yeah, so again, I go back to the LoRaWAN. If you look up, uh, if you look up LoRaWAN, and I'm trying to think of the organization, the um, Oh, everything they do is things, the things alliance or the things something. And I'm just drawing a blank on what they really or what their real name is. But, you know, like Bluetooth has the Bluetooth special interest group. CBRS has ONGO and ONGO will point you to CBRS training. In the IoT space, um, that group, I'm struggling to not remember their name, but the LoRaWAN especially, um, you know, in just a, a handful of hours, you can get a good, uh, you know, good, uh, fairly in-depth overview of what LoRaWAN is, its applications, you know, different things that you can uh, do to the various bits and pieces to make them, you know, higher data, although it's all very, very low speed data. Um, but relatively speaking, within its limits, higher versus lower, longer range versus shorter range, extend your battery life. You'll get a really good sense of um, what that product set, and it's a huge product set. If you weren't familiar, the whole low round WAN thing really is a lot bigger than you might think, but you can sit down and for, for free, last I knew, um, get an education and get a certificate at the end of it. And, you know, that is one of those that isn't going away. It's, it's, there's no continuing education. And it is something that you can, you know, absolutely show that, yeah, I've got this certificate now. And again, it might be a certificate of completion, but you're not gonna complete it unless you've done the material and answered some questions. So um, it's, it's not CCNA by a long shot, but at the same time, it is something, it's paper in hand and, you're going to get an education and be able to show people that you did. All right, last call for any additional questions. Going once, going twice, and I think you're you're officially off the hook, Lee. Thank you so much for for your awesome presentation. Got some really great feedback in the chat. So, uh, really hey Heather, Heather, do we have just a second? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Ernesto, um, I just saw the bottom of chat. And thank you. Somebody posted the thingsnetwork.org. Thank you for that. Um, but I saw that. That was the one I was struggling with. Um, but Ernesto um, asked the question, Sedona and C-E-D-O-N-A. And that was in the context of CBRS. Um, it's actually Celona, C-E-L-O-N-A. It's like the back half of Barcelona. Uh, chop off the, the bar and it's Celona is the name of the company that um, I had mentioned there. Just a note of clarification. All right, any final thoughts for us? Uh, all I would say is um, you're never done. I mean, truly you're never done um, learning. It's, it's easy to um, go down the road, get a big cert, do all the work, put in the time. I'm done. I don't have to do anymore. You're kidding yourself if you think what you learned five years ago is going to, it might get you in the door for an interview, 
But again, if the place is working on newer stuff and newer technology, the fact that you're not staying up, you can't be an expert in everything. Um, but if you come across as dated, somebody who really isn't um, staying up on technology and, you know, I ask you, you know, what, what does, you know, Wi-Fi 6E mean to you? And if you, if you don't have forward-looking answers, even if you don't have forward-looking certificates, if you don't have forward-looking uh, knowledge or at least, uh, um, you know, some evidence that you know that things change and things evolve, you're kind of doing you and your, uh, you know, employer, potential employer a disservice. You really got to recognize that unfortunately none of us get to sit on our laurels or very few of us do um, the industry is just moving way too fast it's not always a good thing that's moving so fast but it is reality so you know keep on learning that would be my final word awesome all right well, thank you. Thank you to everyone who has attended thus far. Stick around. We've got seven minutes with seven signal coming up. Um, Eric, are you on the line? You bet I am. Glad to be here, Heather. How are you? So good. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderfully, and I'm happy to be involved in this topic. I love what Lee said, you know, in the spirit of any learning is good. I think we've got something great for uh, everybody today. So <clears throat> I'm going to share my screen and let's uh, let's go along those lines. Here we go. It's time for seven minutes with seven signal. This is where we, you know, unpack a little feature inside seven signal, something that could have some huge impact. And what you guys should be able to see today on your screen is our technical information and help center. So remember what Lee was talking about when he said, you know, any learning is good learning. And not only that, but, you know, there is that category of vendor stuff and, and Seven Signal falls within that category. It's nothing to be ashamed of. We want to make sure that our partners, that our customers have some skills, have some familiarity. We want to test them and it's, it's good for them. It's good for them in terms of trying to realize the return on investment for the products that they've purchased. And so we have, the, we have a program similar to a lot of other folks out there and there's certainly nothing wrong with that. Yeah, granted, it's not as rigorous as maybe some of the things that Lee was talking about. Nevertheless, it is focused on seven signal and it does require some good base knowledge of Wi-Fi and other things. So let me show you here. So if you go to sevensignal.com slash info, you will then be brought to our site that has all sorts of information, technical online documentation, reference information. If you scroll down here, you're gonna see we've got a little tile here for Wi-Fi fundamentals. And then after you've maybe learned some fundamentals, we actually have a tile here that allows you the opportunity to take some tests and get our little certification of achievement or of completion like we were talking about earlier. Let's just walk you through some of these things that we have here. So when we go to the Wi-Fi fundamental section, we got some really nice links. So first of all, a little 20 minute webinar, Wi-Fi 101, where we talk about, okay, what are the root causes of poorly performing Wi-Fi? A lot of times we wonder, why does Wi-Fi work well one day and it doesn't the next? And not only that, but we have a lot of customers out there who are not Wi-Fi specialists. They're IT generalists and they know a lot about a lot of things. 
And so sometimes we get a little lost in just some of the nuances and complexity of Wi-Fi. And so we take an opportunity here to teach our partners and to teach our customers a little bit about that for them. So here you can watch that video. And we also have a link here, which, you know, writes it all out for you in terms of the root cause analysis, where we talk about coverage, congestion, interference, roaming issues that are specific to device drivers in devices. It's all there for you. Not only that, but as you guys know, we use a lot of terminology in Wi-Fi. We say things like RSSI and MCS, and what are all of these TLAs, right? These three-letter acronyms. And so we provide this information for our customers as well who want to learn. Okay, and, and again, it's all in that spirit of continuous learning and improvement. And so let's learn some things. So, you know, just these are seven signals recommendations when it comes to what the benchmarks are. And when we say things like, you know, minus 65 dBN, what, what does that mean? And so we want people to be able to come to our website, use it as a resource where there's just simple, easy to understand information and knowledge at your fingertips that allow you to get on board and to, and to get in the game with regards to the terminology and, uh, and being able to just talk the talk and understand the basics of Wi-Fi. Let's go back here. Okay, so here we go with handy PowerShell commands. I'll tell you what, uh, you know, in Windows, you actually have the ability to do some pretty cool stuff. And if you're not familiar with the NetSH, the network shell, opening that up and, and doing a WLAN command, right here, there's some really good stuff here. And if you want to, you know, learn about all of the different settings of your wireless adapter, you can go into PowerShell here and and do net adapter advanced property and look at all of the advanced properties that are available to you on your device. And it's just a great opportunity to learn again. And then how to actually change roaming aggressiveness or prefer five gigahertz. You can do these things with PowerShell remotely and they can go a long way in helping others. All right, let's take another look here. All right, here we go. So this is where we talk about MCS and also 7MCS. Seven 7MCS Seven is seven signals creation. So we looked at MCS and it's available for Mac and other platforms. It was not available in Windows. And so what we did is we actually created an MCS for Windows uh, and we actually standardized it across Windows and Mac and Linux. And so now we've got one number for all of those platforms. And you can learn all about how we came up with that and all about how we use MCS and 7MCS as like a Wi-Fi experience score for our devices that we're measuring. And then the last thing I wanted to show you guys today is right here, links we love. Okay, so just a few things that we have found useful, uh, not only for ourselves, but for our customers over the years, little things, not just, you know, that big old MCS index table, which I find myself on a lot in order to figure out capabilities and limitations of devices and access points. But this is a great one right here. A lot of people want to know uh, information about how do um, Apple devices roam? Well, we've got the Mac OS roaming for enterprises page right here, as well as for iOS and iPad uh, OS right here as well. And also you can see here, what are the latest and greatest drivers for Intel? Well, click on the link and it'll take you right to it. And it'll show you what the most current version is right here. Have it at your fingertips. And again, that's what we're trying to provide for our customers. 
You know, it's so interesting because we get so many questions about Apple and because we don't have the ability to fiddle with the switches and dials, we need information in order to help us with designing networks sometimes in order to, and we have to know how the devices behave in order to do that. Look here, guys. I mean, this is where it says it right here that your MacBooks are going to wait until they get to a minus 75 threshold uh, before they actually even look to roam. That just having that information could be really important to what you're trying to accomplish. So there, there you have it, guys. That's what I wanted to share with you today. You've just a, a lot of opportunities to learn here, right here at Seven Signal. You learn about that stuff. You can learn about our products. And then again, you can take the final exam and show that you've learned a little something about our products, how they work, and about Wi-Fi as well. So uh, glad to be here today. Love this topic of education. And you know what, everybody? You and me, we can't see, we can't hear Wi-Fi, but Seven Signal can. Thanks, everybody. And thank you, Heather and Lee, for joining us. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Eric. Another wonderful session. Big shout out to Lee as well for leading this one today. And of course, have to extend a very large thank you to all of you for being here today. Um, so we will be here same time, same place next time. You'll get the uh, invite on Friday and we will see you there. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Take care.